Welcome to the 315 Podcast. This is Keith along with Chris, and we are excited once again to be able to bring you God's biblical answer for the issues of our day. As always, we want you to, to send to us your questions, and a lot of what we're doing now is based upon the questions that you have sent us. Uh, and Chris, it, it's a joy to know that people are listening and growing in God's Word. It is, and if you'd like to submit questions, we have links below. Um, in our show notes that where you can connect with us and we'd love to hear from you as well absolutely so again that uh, email address is 315podcast at jacksonfbc.com well today we are or changing topics this was not sent in to us but it's a topic that's on many people's minds actually it's on most people around the world and the topic is what is the best way to help in times of tribulation yeah especially with everything that's going on in the world uh, right now, many of us <clears throat> always ask, well, what can I do to help? How can I get there? What What is needed? Um, I remember we can look at the global stuff and, and want to jump onto it, and sometimes it's local. Uh, when Catherine and I got married, uh, we went on our honeymoon, and we came back, and we were on a uh, cruise, and when we got back into the U.S., there, uh, there was a lot of uh, text like, hey, are you guys okay? What's going on? Our, you know, and we, what we didn't realize was a tornado had come through our community. Mm. And so we had come back t- uh, to that. And, and just the flood of support and help um, was overwhelming um, in such a way. So I know that when big events like this happen, immediately we want to do something about it. We want to help fix the situation. We want to jump on board. Um, but it is good for us to be mindful of what's the appropriate way to do that. Absolutely. So it is the appropriate way. You kind of threw me there for a moment. I thought yeah. you were going to say that y'all ran out of money while you were gone. No. On the cruise. <laughs> and, and folks, yeah. we know how that happens as, as well. And then we, the Bible does teach us to be kind one to another. Galatians 6 and 10 uh, says that we are to help those, especially those who are the house of the Lord. But I, I thought it'd be great for us today and uh, with recent, recent events in Ukraine, uh, recent events around the world and also locally. I mean, with the price of gas go- going up, uh, I-, I read yesterday, uh, Chris, that Congress came out with a new new economic report and said that the average American will spend this year alone almost $3,000 more out of their income uh, just for gas itself. And so, it, like you said, it's not just local or uh, global. It's all right at home as well. And so as we think about that today, uh, I want to set the scene for us. If someone comes up to us and says, or to you out on the street, or you may be a teacher listening to this today, uh, you may be a business person, what is the best way to help in times of trouble? Uh, This was really brought home to me as a a gentleman from Portugal called me this week and who is a part of a corporation. As we began to talk, Chris, uh, he was asking, all right, how do you get beyond the corruption in a third world country? How, how, how do you ensure the truth? Well, as we talk through this today, uh, biblically speaking, we believe that the place that you start is with God. It's foundational um, for where, where we are and who we are, um, that everything would have that as a revolving point, um, is what's our source, our foundation, and how we live and how we conduct ourselves, especially if we're rooting ourselves in the Bible, uh, then we would know that that he is the one who's supposed to guide us in our decision-making. And so what we understand about him and who he is will dictate the paths that we take. And that is so crucial, folks, as you listen to this today. 
if you want to rewind and just listen to what Pastor Chris said again, I would encourage you to do that because without that understanding, in the mountains of Kentucky, they have a phrase, and people say it everywhere, that you can put good money after bad. If you invest in something that's not life-changing or something that's just temporal, uh, how much can that help? For example, it's so so important for a kid to have things in the moment that gives them comfort. Uh, as we partner with Hope for the Future in Romania, which is right on the border of the Ukraine, and our missionary there, Brother Ovi, said this, Chris, that one of the temporal things that's really helped kids is really kind of a surprise. He said that we give them a banana. And he said that banana kind of for a moment, like there's some type of sanity here, some type, some type of ease. But what we know, even that, that's temporary. And so those things are good, folks. But if, if you miss the mandate that God is the key to somebody who's coming out of a crisis, uh, coming out of corruption or whatever they're in, it, it's, speak to this if you want to, Chris. It's, it's like just putting a Band-Aid on something. Yeah, I think that uh, one of the best back and forth or, or debates that I've heard on this is uh, there were two pastors that were uh, talking about compassion ministry in, in gospel-centered ministry. Now, uh, don't mishear us. We believe firmly that we should have compassion in, in helping meet needs um, in that way. Uh, but the argument was made that if we only offer that, that little bit of normalcy, um, that uh, little bit of meeting the need, uh, it's a temporary fix. And the, and the biggest need that they have is the, the knowledge of God. And so at the heart of who we are, we should know that uh, the pre- presenting of the gospel or, or sharing with them on how to know who Jesus is and why he loves them and, and, and how that would bring uh, them comfort in that situation is, is the big necessity in, in all their crisis. And we would want you to know as you, as you listen that we are not discounting the importance of a temporary thing to help someone because if someone is in a house on fire, we don't run in the house and say, hey, give your life to Jesus, and then we'll get you out. No, we get them out of there. <laughs> yeah, and that's important to hear, folks. Don't discount and say that's not valuable. Mm-hmm. Right now in the in Ukraine, those, those wonderful folks, they're getting them away from the bombs and, and away from all those things, and then they're sharing the gospel with them because, again, eternity is important, the most important thing. And as we walk through together today, I'm, I'm going to give five things that, and Chris and I are going to talk about them, five things I believe that we need to do once we get someone out of a critical crisis moment. And it's the same way locally, Chris. If someone's in a, in a family and comes to us and says there's some type of physical or sexual or mental abuse, we're going to get them out of that situation first. And I would say that to anybody who's listening. We're not saying stay in a situation and, and, and give them the gospel first. We're saying get out of the situation, get it out of a crisis, and then begin. Yeah, so the compassion ministry leads to gospel presentation um, and, and just being sensitive that we don't neglect that. And that's that's the joining of the two, um, that the normalcy. I mean, it's why we do food pantry. Um, that's why we do, our ladies do loads of love with our laundry ministry um, is so that we can meet uh, those needs, bring normalcy to them, uh, but also uh, have that opportunity to share the gospel and, and make most of that opportunity. And one of the beautiful things about the gospel is when, when you get them in that place, they hear it, there is the possibility of redemption to go back into a home because Christ has come into that home. Yeah. And folks, so take heart in that. Uh, there's a verse of Scripture that, that I want to read from the Old Testament. 
And it's this, Isaiah 46 in verses 3 and 4, where that God says uh, through the prophet to the people, Listen to me, O house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who who has been born by me from before your birth, carried from the womb, even to your old age, I am he, and to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made, and I will bear, and I will carry, and I will save. You ask, well, Keith, why do you read, read that? Here's why. Because every life begins with a need for God. The first thing that we want to bring into a house of corruption, crisis, chaos, and anything else they're facing is, number one, is that is an understanding of who God is. And so, Christians, we think about who God is. How, how does God help in times of crisis? God cares for people. Um, and so we see that through uh, his word that he loves um, people, um, doesn't necessarily love um, all the decisions that we make um, or, or the choices along the way. Uh, but at the heart of it, um, he loves people that he would uh, create a way to reconcile or bring them back to him, um, even while we were still in a mess. And so we know that God is the creator. Uh, we know uh, that God is uh should be the centerpiece of, of who we are. Uh, we know that God um, didn't give up on us and, and do a reset. So he showed uh, compassion and care there uh, as well. Uh, we also know God uh, has authority uh, beyond our imagination. I mean, he can control the weather. He can uh, control all elements. And, and, and it goes beyond, uh, as I said, our comprehension. Um, and then uh, in addition, we know that through his love and his authority, uh, that the only thing that can give us hope is by push, uh, placing our trust in that um, and, and in him. And so we know that he has um, all authority, all, all power, um, and then he's also uh, not distant as well. He's in our circumstances. He's, he's there waiting to hear from us, waiting uh, to be a part of our lives. Sometimes we don't allow him to be because we're uh, not in a relationship with him um, or trusting in him. Um, and so uh, when we start recognizing that and, and we go to him, he says that he he hears us and he's faithful to respond. And, you know, someone might ask, well, how in the world does that help in a crisis? How, how does that help understand who God is? Here's how here's how, how it helps, folks. Now think about this. you we, you got a child and a family running from a war zone. And, and you tell them to believe in God, and then they ask the question, well, where is God? And you're able, as you've just articulated so correctly, this God who is loving has come in to rescue. This God who is loving has come to, to deliver you. He sent us as the messengers to help in that moment. And then Psalms 2 says that God looks down from heaven, and he laughs at those wicked leaders who say that they're in charge. And God does not cause the corruption. He's the actually the opposite of that. And, and so, folks, it's, it's your opportunity. But w- we did this in staff, staff chapel yesterday. If we don't know who God is, we don't have an answer for people. And because how many times have you heard people say, well, they asked me, where was God in this? And I had no answer. Well, you and I have that. We just articulated that. So I, I would encourage you folks to deepen your understanding of who God is if you want to help someone in a crisis. And, and, and Chris, when you all came back for the, for the tornado, you're able to step into that, were you not? Yeah, we jumped right in. We helped the American Red Cross set up their tents. We became a shelter at the church. 
uh, for them. And so we, we were able to be the rallying point uh, for for our community. Um, well, God says, open up your home. Yeah. I mean, the, you love your neighbors yourself, and that's what you were doing. It, it was. And it, I, will, I would say that um, if we didn't have some sort of foundational piece, I don't know how long we would have been able to really invest in that. I mean, sure, I do care about people, but my care for people because is because of my relationship with God. That's so awesome. I heard a pastor this morning giving his testimony, and he said that when he when he came to Christ, of course, naturally wasn't a pastor. When he came to Christ, he said he'd been such a, a, a man that didn't like people. And he said because he'd been abused by several people, he was in the police force, and then he, just the crooked side of that. And he said he went to church for the first time after getting saved, and he said someone came up to him, he said an older guy, and said he tried to hug him. And he said, I, I, I love you. And he said, my wife said on the way home, he said, why didn't you say you love him? He said, I don't even like people. <laughs> and he said, but Christ made such a difference. And he said he was being interviewed by a major magazine, and they asked him what was the impact, the greatest impact God made in his life. And he said this, I told the lady that the greatest impact was was that God showed me how to love people. And in a, in a crisis moment, people have what, what we would call empathy towards someone. But it's the love that causes you to do more than just for the moment, doesn't it? It does, and it helps you... Um it helps you go beyond yourself, and, and and he gives you strength that you didn't know that you had, and and compassion to not just see the need but want to fulfill the need as well, and so I think that all drives from from his spirit and his guidance in our lives. And which brings me to the second thing that I would encourage our folks to do: if if you want to help correctly in a time of crisis, begin knowing who God is before you ever start, because without that, there'll be questions you can't answer. The second thing I would encourage you folks with is this is that we must be willing to go where people are, where God tells us to go. I'm thinking about 9-11. Uh, there, there's, you know, so many movies that have come out, and, and, and people dramatize things, Chris, but the true accurate story is as the people were running out of the buildings, of the, those two twin towers, the people that cared were running in. And, and, you know, we have to be willing to go not just in the immediate but for the long term. Yeah, and... Uh, to the point where it's it's not something we can just and and I don't want to say this uh, I guess harshly just throw money at sometimes that's, that's a good point. sometimes we we are comfortable to where we're like well uh, I can I can just throw that and let someone else do it when God has placed that calling and that giftedness in your life to fulfill that need now if he's blessed you with financially certainly if you're able to help me to need that way then then please continue to do so well, but you can't get there if somebody doesn't financially yeah. help yeah, and so um, if, that, if that's your avenue, and, and then, you know, by all means. But don't let that be the reason why you don't go where God's calling you to go. Because um, if he's placed it on your heart and and uh, you know that there's specific needs that you can meet and you can't, you know, I guess run away from it, uh, then, then run toward it, uh, knowing that God's uh, going to provide for you. And where he calls you, he provides. And, and he, he takes care um, of you in that time as well, and we trust in that. And that's so important, folks, that you trust in that. The Scripture says this, and I shared this with the, uh, the brother from Portugal that we're ministering. I said this to him. We, we should be, as the Scripture says, harmless as a dove but wise as a serpent. That means that we're not causing trouble, but we're wise of the trouble around us. 
and having traveled overseas for these years, particularly in certain pockets of, of the world, the corruption is everywhere. And so one of the things that can sometimes rob us is like, I don't know who to trust. Well, if we understand God right, we know that God will connect us. And, and we've been connected with a lot of partners through the years. And also we've been taken a few times. But I, I'm not going to rob the next person that I can minister to because of the corruption of someone else. And so I just encourage you as you listen today, set yourself, uh, our time in the Word broadcast we do, which is another broadcast we do it through the church, shameless plug, um, <laughs> is that I'm working through the five things now, and I'm telling our folks that you need to have your life set on yes. And and that's important, Chris. And I, I know that for you, your and Catherine's life, and Josiah, because he's with you, is set on yes. Yeah, that started back when I was in high school. Uh, I was at summer camp in 2007, and I'll share this later when we have a chance to do our testimonies as well. But um, as I was listening to uh, the pastor speak, and I was already saved at this point, but he he just his main theme that night was saying yes to God, um, and and so uh, he was like, before you get the answer, have the mindset of yes. Um, and, and I remember going down to the altar and praying and saying, God, I don't know what it is you're calling me to, but the answer is yes. And uh, the next day, our next night, um, as we're going through and I was doing a time of reflection uh, before our church time, uh, I was reading um, uh, Timothy where he's given instruction, Paul is to Timothy, and he says, preach the word. And there was an overwhelming just comfort. Um, that I can't explain other than knowing it was the Holy Spirit, that that I knew that I was going to be destined for that. And so that only came, though, because of the heart of saying yes, of whatever it may be, wherever it may be, yes. Um, and, and, and I can account in times of ministry when I didn't know what the next step was, but I was like, God, I, I know that you're moving, but whatever that may, may be, yes. It was part of our guiding to hear. Um, we knew uh, that our ministry was doing well, we were doing well. Um, uh, there was different things that we were working through, but um, you know we were still content um, in in some areas. Uh, but God was opening doors that we weren't, you know, expecting uh, for us. And, yeah. and so as, that that yeah. means that sometimes in this category, how do you help in times of, of trial and tribulation? It may be that the tribulations inside of you that you've lost yeah. you've lost some peace. And you've got to do something. It's just like these last weeks uh, in the time this podcast will come on, there'll be at least three to four weeks that, that the war is going on. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and hopefully the, the Ukrainian people will still be there and they, God will have blessed and protected them. But, you know, you can't just can't, some boys just can't sit there. Yeah. Uh, and, folks, I hope as you listen to this today that, as Chris said to his life, when he heard the call, he couldn't just sit there. Mm -hmm. And folks, the call may not be that you're going to be a pastor, but the call may be that you're going to you're going to you're going to build a soup kitchen. Your call may be that in the city you're going you're going to birth a daycare. You know, there's just a ton of things. Uh, and the problem that we have people today is they're sitting on no. And so let let us encourage you again to say yes. And, and which leads me into the third thing: you got to understand who God is. You got to be willing to go where He tells you to go, which is a yes. Sit on yes. But then thirdly, you've got to be willing to pray unlike you've ever prayed before, which would I would give a caveat to that, Chris. You've got to have informed prayer, not not just general prayer like, God, I'll go, help me, you know, I'll go. Uh, general prayer gets you into generally doing nothing. 
But informed prayer is different. Yeah, I think uh, oftentimes we fall into that category of doing broad prayers and not specific prayers uh, because we feel more comfortable that way. It, it kind of helps us um, if we're unwilling to go, then we'll do the broad prayers more. But a willing spirit is the one that's diving in deeper, understanding uh, what the circumstances are and realizing that the only way that they can go where God's calling is is by having that relationship with him to a deep level where that's all they want. Um, and and I know some of us that may be listening right now, like I've not experienced that. Well, uh, a, a good way to, I guess, test where you are in life is, uh, are there things that when you look at it, have have you given authority or over to God? Uh, because that, that would affect your go, but it also affects your prayer life because you may not be willing to sacrifice it um, or want God to answer it. Um, and so it could limit you in that way. And praying like you never have before is, it's it's a stretching moment. It's not uh, just something that we do to do. It's something that we're expecting God to work through, to hear, and to respond. And and that takes a lot of dedication. And I, w- I would say, and I don't think I'm being too revealed, or I, I pray I'm not being arrogant. I think that's where you and I are, and that's where we yeah. are as a church right now. We're praying that that desperate prayer. There's there's a passage of Scripture that I always look to in that. It's in the book of Exodus where that Moses, that Moses is the first battle Israel has coming out, out of Egypt. And the Bible says that Joshua's down in the battle, and Moses is on the mountainside with Aaron and her, two of the priests, and they're holding up his hands. And, you know, that's what we do. You and I can't get to the, to you, to the Ukrainian people right now. We can't get to the other places. But, boy, we can hold up their arms right now. Mm-hmm. And in that, inter, in that intercessory prayer that says, God, I, I want to be there, but more importantly because I understand who God is. God, I want you there. And he is everywhere present. And so, folks, it may be that your war uh, is with grandchildren, that, that in their home. It may, it may be with a friend. I, I know I, I am right now going to war in intercession for somebody. And, and so that's so vital. The Scripture says pray without ceasing. And then it says this, the effective unceasing prayer of a righteous person avails much. And so that's, that's so important. So we want to encourage you. You should be a part of a church that's, that's intercessory prayer, a church that's having regular prayer times corporately, individually. And, and Chris, you just can never underestimate that. And some avenues to help you uh, in your prayer uh, time is uh, bring fellow people along like we're doing as a church, but also uh, adding some additional elements um, like fasting, uh, something that um, you would help declutter your mind and your heart uh, so that you would see and plead to God more clearly. I think that would be a key for us all to take note of, of uh, just how if we are able to zero in on, on our specifics or uh, you know the necessity of what's going on, uh, we would see him more clearly. Um, and so Maybe our prayer, if we're going to pray like this boldly, uh, we understand that there's sacrifices that we have to take in, in order for that so that we would stay focused and would stay pleading and stay interceding on others' behalf. So you'd say, instead of sleeping, we're praying. Yeah. Instead of eating, we're praying. Instead of watching uh, more of, of TV or whatever it may be, Yeah. that you're, you say, that really helps. I am telling you folks as you, today, that prayer moves the hand that moves the world. I, I know that's a cliche saying, 
If you're looking for books on that, E.M. Bounds has a great book on prayer. There's just a ton. Andrew Murray is the greatest author it probably in, in the history that writes on prayer. There's just so much of that. And so, folks, if you can do nothing else but pray, you've done one of the most significant things to help those in crisis. Now, I would say this, folks, if this is imperative, prayer is not the right of everybody. It is the privileged right of those who know the Lord. And you say, well, I'm not a believer, but I, I pray. Well, the first prayer that God hears from you is the sinner's prayer, that you repent of your sins and receive him. You say, well, God, should, God hears my prayer, but he's not obligated to answer. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this in other podcasts. He does not obligated to answer because you're not his child. Because, you know, if, if our, my kids uh, are calling to me, I'm going to respond because I, I have a loving connection to that. And so I just want to share that with folks as well. Let me, let me back up and say where we are. Five things that if you want to help someone in a time of tribulation, a time of trouble, of crisis, you've got to understand who God is. Be willing to go where he tells you to go. Willing to pray unlike you ever have before. And here's the fourth thing is you've got to become bold in your witness. You've, you've got to become bold in your witness. In Isaiah 46, it says this in verse 5. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be alike? You cannot, Chris, help somebody in a crisis, in a time of corruption, in a time of chaos if you don't tell them the truth. And so that, that, that is vital as we minister together, telling them the truth. The beautiful thing about our points is that they build upon each other. Because mm-hmm. if you know God, um, then you're going to know his heart. Um, and you're going to have a willingness to want to see that come uh, true. And then it's going to guide your prayer time. Uh, and then that prayer time is going to cause you to put, you know, your feet to action additionally in, in sharing. Um, I think that sometimes we're not bold in our witness because we just don't know the God himself or, or we don't have confidence um, in, in him. Uh, but when we do understand who he is, when we do have that confidence, then there's evidence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives as well. And so the more we put trust in him and reliance on him, and that comes through prayer and sacrifice that we've already mentioned, uh, then our, our witness becomes more bold because it's what's occupying our thoughts and our mind. It's, it's him. He's, he's, he's in full control or, or um, what our heart desires. And so a bold witness comes from a bold relationship with him. Folks, as you listen to that, you might go, what does that look like? Yeah. It looks like this as you're helping someone. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, which is another whole conversation, the Holy Spirit speaks to you in your spirit and gives you what you probably would not have said before. Uh, it just, it's just, for example, you, you happen up on a scene with someone. They're in a major, they've been in a major wreck. They're in trauma. They're in crisis. It's a tough moment. You, you get out, and you're there beside the car. You're trying to help that person. They're locked in. And all of a sudden, the Lord says, they don't have much time. So in that moment, you make a decision. Either you, you, you're, you try to just comfort them or you're trying to challenge them. And, and just, just recently, a, a person in our community uh, passed away, and, and a pastor had been there and said, what would happen if you, if you died now? And they received Christ as Lord and Savior. But there's also other bold things that God wants you to do. For example, if you go in a place that's in the middle of an epidemic, uh, there, there's been times that, that we have traveled uh, in, in the places where there was sickness, Chris. You make a decision because the, the enemy is going to say, hey, you might, for example, use COVID. You're going to catch COVID. Uh, you're going you're gonna to catch leprosy or you're going you're gonna to catch something else. But, folks, listen, when God calls you to go, just like he did for the children of Israel, he, he covers you when you go. 
when we were uh, one of the first, I guess, mission trips that I went on was to Jamaica. And um, one of the areas that we went and visited had an infirmary. Um, and and when I, I can't tell you how heartbreaking that experience uh, was because when you go into a place um, that is where people are just essentially left to die or cared for as, as they are passing, um, there's a smell um, and of sickness that, that just overwhelms you. And one of the things going in there uh, was you, you kind of initially took a step forward hesitantly um, if, if you weren't expecting it, if you weren't ready for it. But <clears throat> our team had been properly prepared, and we had a goal in mind that we were going to charge in there and, and share Scripture uh, with people. And so what we did was we would sit at the bedside, we'd hold hands, we'd help wash if we needed to, and we would share and read Scripture. And the most beautiful thing is when we got to the area where um, uh, the mentally uh, handicapped where they were, the society kind of just done away with them here. As we started reading scripture, they were quoting it as we were reading it. And, and that was an overwhelming joy of seeing the spirit of God work in their lives. And so understanding that, that sacrifice of, you know, we could catch whatever's going on here, uh, sickness, but it didn't hinder us from still taking the step of faith forward. And one, I can't remember which author it was in the book that in one of the preparations for the mission trips, uh, we were reading a particular story of how that uh, in one of the African countries where one of the recent outbreaks of, of a virus that took many thousands of lives, one, one of the attendants was exposed to a needle and it stuck them. Hmm. And they were like, what's going to happen here? And they actually, they were contaminated and they ended up dying. And so some folks will say, well, how does that make you to be bold? Well, the Bible says to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. What better way to meet Jesus than that he would say, well done, that you were on the field. We're all going to die. I don't want to die in insignificance. And it's not for the sake of significance, but for, for folks, but for the sake of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, John, who's our production manager, he and I have been in, in, in some of the poor, poorest places in the world. And we've been in some of the places that most contaminated. But to be able to be there, and as Nick Ripkin says in his book, Insanity of God, to reach out a hand, and, and, and I've done this, to, to touch a baby, to touch a child, that they could go out into eternity knowing that someone cares. And hopefully that translates in, in that God cares. And so, folks, be bold in your witness. Don't, don't let the fear of death, the fear of disease, the fear of being destitute, because God, God makes a way in the desert. Uh, don't let that do that at all for you. So hope that encourages you. And, and I want to get to one other one with us in our time. And when, as Chris said, we're building. When we understand who God is and willing to, to go where he wants us to go, and if we'll be willing to pray like we never have before and be emboldened in our witness, it does, it does translate into this. You must be willing to give everything. Jesus gave everything, Chris, as our example, and if he gave ev everything and it worked, how can we withhold anything? We can't, uh, and, and that's what it ultimately comes to. And it could be, um, you know, our money. It could be our time. It could be our talent. Um, it could be uh, many different things, but we have to realize that what we've been given has been a blessing from him, and it is his ultimately. Um, as you were mentioning uh, with our bold witness, you know, uh, as Paul reminds us in that, uh, to live 
uh, is Christ to die as gain. And, and if I'm living a life like that, then it, it empowers me to say, okay, God, whatever it is, as we mentioned earlier, yes, and whatever it'll take, you can have. Um, and I think when we get down that line, um, what we start realizing is, is that it's better in his hands than it was ever in mine. Oh, my, that's so good. It is so much better in God's hands than it is ours. Uh, let me illustrate that in uh, you talking about tornadoes and things. There was a tornado that came in into your home state, Indiana. Uh, it would have been about nine, ten years ago, something of that nature now. <clears throat> and we as the church went and helped. One particular lady that we met was changed my life in, in many ways. She was in a wheelchair. And we asked what happened. She would end up both legs being amputated. Uh, when the tornado came through, she had nowhere to go but in, into the bathroom and with her two little kids. And, Chris, she put them in the bathtub, and she laid across them. Mm. And so the beams fell from the roof, the rafters did, and they came across her legs, and she laid there for six hours. Mm. She laid there for six hours because they were pinned down. And the whole time, all she was saying was, God, thank you that I could be here for my kids. Folks, let me tell you, that I know that someone said, well, that's an extreme example you can't lose when you live that way. Not at all. Not at all. And what a graceful illustration uh, to show that. And and sometimes we think, well, I know what's best. And, and, and I'm telling you, you'll live a miserable life if your fist is closed on what you have. But an abundant one if you'll open it up and say, God, it's yours. It's yours. Folks, I, wow, we're getting heavy in the room like we, like we should be. I hope you're feeling the weight of this, not just, just watching a newscast. Because every crisis in the world reflects this one fact. There are people there who have a soul. And you you'd never know, whether it's in our own city where we live, having an after-school care program, uh, ha- having a, a program to go and reach, whether it's feeding, caring, whether it's feeding a basketball team. Because, you know, people on the court, they just think because they see them in the moment that everything's fine. We know that it's not. Whether it's feeding a football team, whether it's the cheerleaders, what, whatever it is, folks, that you can do, the Bible says this, if a person gives a cup of cold water in Jesus' name, they will not lose the reward in that. And so we would encourage you because some of you are going to say, well, where do I give to? Well, you give to Christ. Mm-hmm. You give it all to Christ. Uh, when Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. That cross may be that you're going to be a, a coach in a rec league for 25 years. But we, we have a guy in, in our, our church right now. Who coach, who's been a part of, of rec ministry here for 40 years. I mean, he's, he hadn't had kids for 40 years, mm-hmm. but these have all become his kids. And so we encourage you with that. We also encourage you, if you'd like to go on our website at jacksonfbc.com, you can find some areas that we're ministering in, and we're not the only one doing that. There's a lot of good organizations as well that are min- ministering uh, there, so I encourage you to do that. So many Samaritan's Purse, they, they have a field hospital right now, Chris, that's just been mobilized in Ukraine, and, and so many other things as well that, that we all can name uh, through, through different ways to do it. But, folks, remember this. Don't give to somebody that, that's not going to make an eternal difference. Give to those organizations who do. Correct, and, and we thank you guys for listening. Um, and I'm sure that what we've talked about may have stirred emotions, um, and so we want you to understand that we're here to talk with you about that and help minister to you as well or connect you to a local church if you're not in our community. 
Uh, we thank you for listening uh, to this week's uh, podcast. Uh, our topic next week will be on spiritual gifts, which came from you. Um, and so we're very thankful for uh, your submission of questions. If you'd like to submit uh, more questions or topics to us, you can connect in our show notes where we have different links and, and places for you to do that. And then also uh, there's more information of who we are uh, there as well. Again, thank you for listening to us, and we look forward uh, to being with you next week.